0: The Rudy Giuliani Show. Well, welcome to the Rudy Giuliani Show. In place of America's mayor today is Andrew Giuliani. And look, we're going to be covering a whole lot of Israel. This is obviously for good reason. The main topic that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, If we have the time, I want to talk a little bit also about what this actually means for the speakers race. If this means McCarthy can come back and also something that's important that, It's kind of getting swept under the rug right now, which is a new Wisconsin lawsuit filed by Mark Elias. That's right, the Democratic lawyer, Mark Elias, that would actually abolish the witness requirement in Wisconsin. But first and foremost, let's get right into Israel. I was just listening to my good friend, Greg Kelly. And by the way, I want to hear your comments on this. So make sure you call in at 1-800-848-9222. my good friend, Greg Kelly, break this down. And one of the things he spoke about was about really what Biden didn't say rather than what he did say. And I think that's more newsworthy. Let's listen to the one thing that Biden did say. Cut 24, Joe Biden.
1: say this as clearly as I can. This is not a moment for any party hostile to Israel to exploit
0: these attacks to seek advantage. So why? Right. Basically, is this a red line just like the red line that Obama ended up drawing in Syria with the chemical weapons? What will the consequences be? Joe, saying don't is not enough. That is not enough here. I know you said the right things. You said that Israel has a right. It has a duty to respond. It's you said we stand with Israel. Well, I'm sorry, when you just ended up sending $6 billion just a few weeks ago to Iran, your actions and your words, the Biden administration's actions of sending the $6 billion to Iran and these words that you stand by Israel, they don't just not match up. They are the exact opposite. So until we start seeing the actions and the words align then how can you believe any of this in what Joe Biden just said in the state dining room of the White House as anything but fiction? And by the way, the other thing I noticed was there was no mention of Iran. He kind of said that countries that might take advantage of this better not don't, is what he said, as Greg Kelly ended up highlighting just last hour. But there is no direct mention of Iran when we all know that Iran has been funding Hamas, has been funding Hezbollah. And look, I've been talking to some people that are calling this an act of war. But this is not an act of war. This is genocidal. That's what this is. This is an act against Jews to exterminate Jews. You don't have to take my word from it. Take the words of the Ayatollah. Take the words of Hamas themselves, who exist, and this is actually one thing that Biden did say, they exist to eliminate Jews. That is their goal. They are a terrorist organization. Anybody who says that they end up standing with Hamas They are not just anti-Semitic. They are so ignorant on this issue that you can't actually take them seriously. They are not a people. It's not like a borough or something like that, like you would think of Queens or Staten Island or the Bronx. This is a terrorist organization. This is like an idea of like an Antifa, basically, right? Where they are an idea, they exist to actually go and eliminate their enemies in this way. Obviously, Antifa has different goals than Hamas. But that's that's really one of the things that I have been seeing, which kind of boggles my mind. And how many more times, by the way, do we need to hear Iran, Hamas, Hezbollah that they want to exterminate Jews before we actually believe it. These are not just words now. Not that we should have thought they were words before, because you absolutely should have known that they meant what they said. But now there are actions. We see the killing. We see the raping. You see burning older people to death, alive, burning them alive to death. Decapitating children. And I'll explain during the mayor's final thoughts what actions I think should be taken. But in the meantime, if Hamas, if Hezbollah, if Iran, if they espouse to eradicating, eliminating, exterminating the state of Israel and Jews in general, then don't complain if you feel oppressed By the very same people you seek to exterminate. If you had a moral enemy. Now I'm talking about you. Right? If you or I had a moral enemy. A mortal enemy. Which is what Hamas is. Who declare that they want to exterminate you from the earth. Who question your very right to exist. That's what they do. They're questioning your right to exist who celebrates and congratulates Hamas when they murder, rape, and maim your women and children. That's what Iran did. They celebrate openly. Then why would you allow assets to flow freely to enemies who will use those very assets to kill you, to rape your women, to decapitate Your children. It would be a dereliction of duty of Israel to not do that. I've also heard, and this kind of loops in with that, that Israel did not in fact leave Gaza 18 years ago because Israel has maintained control over airspace and seafront and movement into and out of Gaza. Well, guess what? If they are receiving weapons, from that seafront, from the land barriers in and out of Gaza or assets to try to exterminate you, which is where Iran is actually providing that for them, you again would be negligent if you did not maintain that vigilance. So you ask then where is the Democratic Socialists on this? Where is the Biden administration? You just heard President Biden. And again, to me, what was more newsworthy was what he did not say, never mentioned Iran, would not take questions. Think about that. He will not take questions where the press, I think today the press actually would have been, would have asked some fair questions. And Biden decided to completely ignore them because he knew they were going to ask some fair questions probably today. Maybe I even give the White House press briefing room a little too much credit which I can't believe I actually do considering I spent four years watching how biased they were. But I really think they would have asked the question, which is. How do you. Just a few weeks after releasing six billion dollars to Iran. How do you square this with what happened a few short days ago. In southern Israel. Over Gaza. And his team knew that he couldn't answer that question. And that's why he didn't take any questions. Which is absurd. Absolutely absurd to me. But one thing I saw just this morning was actually an Obama administration veteran. And one of the things that's been very big to me is how the media will cover this. But an Obama administration veteran who actually runs the Anti-Defamation League, stepping up and calling the leftist media out on how they've been propagandizing this conflict. Let's go to Jonathan Greenblatt, cut
1: 21. I am angry with the world that allowed the dehumanization of Israelis and sanitized the terrorism of Hamas. I must say, I love this show and I love this network. But I've got to ask who is writing the scripts? Hamas? The people who did this, they are not fighters, Jonathan. They are not militants. And I'm looking right at the camera. They are terrorists. It is a barbarian who rapes and brutalizes women, who tear, kills children in front of their parents.
0: That's not an act of war. It's an act of genocide. Let's go to cut two, cut 21 of Greenblatt. Let's hear him again.
1: They filmed, for example, an elderly woman in her home in one of these towns. They burned her alive in her house because she was too infirm to take out. My Lord. And, you know, parading women, bleeding from the crotch because they were raped throughout Gaza while people hoot and holler and cheer.
0: It's as a father, as a husband, it's actually hard to hear. Let's go to the final cut of Jonathan Greenblatt, who I don't think is on the, on the target on, on most things, but he's on target on this.
1: So, look, you know, when we say, "Well, oh, this was an escalation, it was bound to happen. I am sorry. This was a massacre that was preplanned. This was not destined to happen. It is not normal to shoot teenagers in the back, hundreds of them. So I just think, like... Guys, get the story right. And all these pictures of like, you know, missiles or the rubble in Gaza. Please talk to the Israeli mothers and fathers who lost their children. Talk to the grandchildren whose grandparents were seized as hostages. And please stop calling this a retaliation. This is a defensive measure against an organization that is committed to one thing, killing Jews, not a peaceful resolution of a conflict, but murdering Jews. And if you're wondering if I'm exaggerating, please, I beg of you, everyone watching and everyone at this network, just watch the footage. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. And I'll tell you, to his point there, one of the most powerful things that I've seen in all of this was there was a press conference earlier today of five Israelis that had American citizens that either were killed or held hostage. And they ended up going through the personal experience of each of their family members with one mother talking about their son, who I believe was 21 or 22 years old, sending a text, I love you, and then immediately sending another text, I'm sorry. And that's the very last that that mother has heard from that son. That son was at the music festival that we've covered so extensively here. And we'll continue to see more about this. But when you go in and you see the personal side of this, you realize very clearly that this was not an act of war. This was not a military exercise on another military opponent. These were on people who were unprepared, civilians who were unprepared, but we shouldn't be surprised because that's exactly what Hamas, that's exactly what Iran has promised us they would do. They want to eliminate Jews. That's what they want to do. So if you don't want to believe me, if you don't want to believe somebody on the other side of the aisle who was an Obama administration appointee, Jonathan Greenblatt, just believe them because Hamas says it, Hezbollah says it. Okay, we're going to keep on covering this as we come back, and make sure you call in 1-800-848-9222. Andrew Giuliani in today for America's Mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. Mayor of New York City, Rudy
1: Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: Well, filling in for America's mayor today is Andrew Giuliani. And look, I want to continue on with Israel. I want to get to your calls as well at 1-800-848-9222. So we started talking a little bit on the other side of the break about the media's coverage of this, calling for ceasefires, not calling them... Hamas being them, a terrorist organization. I saw this with the Canadian Broadcasting Consulate, I forget what it was called, the Canadian Broadcasting Group. Um And, of course, we saw that Anthony Blinken and the U.S. Consulate in Israel absurdly called for a ceasefire on Saturday night and Sunday morning before they had to delete their tweets. And we already mentioned, look, we know that Biden just released $6 more billion or dollars to Iran just a few weeks ago in exchange for five hostage, by the way, more than double, nearly triple, as Biden just confirmed in the state dining room a few short minutes ago, nearly triple the Americans have died in this terrorist attack than the hostages that were freed, which ended up giving Iran the $6 billion. And we know that there are American hostages that were taken. In this. Remember that idea that. We don't compromise with terrorists. Remember that America does not. Compromise with terrorists. You've seen it in movies right. You see it all the time in movies and all that. Well why is that. Because. Those terrorists. Are incentivized. To take more hostages. That they can then hold. For ransom. Now. What do we hear from the Democratic Socialists of America, including AOC in our backyard? Well, look, she still thinks Israel is an apartheid state. And you still have Talib, who is one of the leaders of the squad, the Democratic Socialists of America, still flying her Palestinian flag in front of her office. That's right. Right next to American flag in the halls of the U.S. Congress. They are still practicing their whataboutisms and their moral equivalencies, which my father talked so well about yesterday. And, of course, and maybe this is something good to talk about a little later in the show because I have a little different perspective than my father and then most of the other radio hosts here, which is, you know, I'm probably one of the most recent hosts out of college. I'm 37 years old, so I graduated 14 years ago. So I saw how the Harvard, Columbia's... I went to Duke. I saw how these universities, these elite universities, try to brainwash, try to propagandize these students into thinking that Israel is an oppressor, is an apartheid state. And they have been told, students that is, since they arrive on campus... That Israel is doing terrible things to Palestinians. They aren't told that Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran want to exterminate Jews, not just Israelis, but Jews all around the world. No, they're propagandized. We won't get propaganda here. Come right back. Waiting on a tax return. Hopefully it ends up in your hands.
1: Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: Andrew Giuliani in here in the stead of America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. And look, we're going to get right back to Israel and your calls here, 1-800-848-9222. But there was a story I wanted to cover quickly and I wanted to make sure it didn't get swept under the rug in this important news in Israel. This uh, Mark Elias, who many of you may have heard from, he was the 2016 general counsel for Hillary Clinton, and he was involved in filing so many of the lawsuits that were successful for Democrats in 2020 to get these mail-in voting, these drop boxes approved for Democrats in these states that Democrats, that Biden ended up winning, that he was behind on Election Day and ended up coming back on November 4th, 5th. Six really laxing the voter integrity laws there. Mark Elias is behind a Wisconsin lawsuit which will significantly influence the 2024 election. Now, what this lawsuit will actually do is it will take away the one measure that is required for absentee ballots. In Wisconsin, which is having a witness present and the witness then must sign that uh, they saw Andrew Giuliani cast their vote on this day. And that is, in fact, is him. And you're signing under you're signing under penalty of perjury that was taken away in 2020 temporarily because of covid. Now, the Elias group, they've raked in over forty two million dollars since 2021 filing lawsuits to try to make it easier to go after voting laws like this in important states like Wisconsin, like Michigan, like Atlanta, like Atlanta, like Georgia, like Arizona. And so this is just one of the minimums here when you're talking about absentee voting, having somebody else present that can then sign. It doesn't mean that somebody else can't sign someone's name, that the voter can't sign someone's name, but they would be actually perjuring themselves. It is a legal statement. And Mark Elias wants to get rid of this in Wisconsin. So it's something to pay attention to while Israel is going on because the 2024 election is just... (laughs) It's just a year away, just a little more than a year away, a year and a few weeks. And obviously, we have elections here of our own in a few weeks. It's going to start in less than three weeks. Remember, starts September 28th. I actually might have Vicky Palladino on tomorrow if I am filling in for my father again. She's a city councilwoman from Queens, who I call the most dynamic represented, most dy- dynamic elected official in New York State. But I want to get back to Israel and. Whatever else you want to talk about here. Before we go to calls, I want to go to Rachel Goldberg, which is Cut 19. This is the mother of the American hostage in Israel who explains really the series of events that led to her son's capture. Rachel Goldberg.
1: So I ran down the stairs to wake my two daughters so we could get into the bomb shelter in Jerusalem. When we um, got out 10 minutes later with the all clear. I normally don't use my phone on the Jewish Sabbath, but it was an emergency, and I needed to know where my son was. So I turned my phone on, I believe, at 8.23 in the morning. And when I turned it on, there were two texts in a row from Hirsch at 8.11. Uh, The first one said, I love you. And immediately at 8.11 also it said, I'm sorry. And so I knew immediately wherever he was... It was a terrible situation. I took it to mean I love you and I'm sorry because whatever is going to happen is going to cause you tremendous pain and worry. Yeah. Um, uh,
0: it's, it's just, as a parent, it's tough to fathom. It's tough to fathom what she must be going through, and that's why this press conference, she along with uh four or five other parents and uh Israelis and Americans. There was a New Yorker. There was somebody, I believe he was from Brooklyn, who was up there, whose uh son was uh missing. They don't know if killed or, or hostage at this point. They're not sure. Um, and they called out President Biden directly. And they weren't hostile toward Biden. They were asking them to do whatever was necessary to get their kids back, as any parent would do at this point. But again... You don't have to go far to go and look and see $6 billion released to Iran just a few short weeks ago. You see the policy on Iran. Heck, you can go back to the economics of Iran, and we could go and look back from 2013 and on. If you end up going to the GDP of Iran, let's say before the Iranian deal, and I'm looking at a chart here now from, this is BBC. If you look at 2012, 2013, 2014, and 2015, so right before the Iranian deal, three of those four years in Iran actually had negative GDP growth rates, which is why when you talk about the Obama-Iran deal, I think we don't realize it in the context of we really bailed Iran out and we bailed the Ayatollah out of a situation that was getting desperate for him. So then what happens in 2016 after these sanctions are lifted and Obama sends hundreds of billions of dollars to Iran? You see a GDP growth rate in 2016 of 13%. And then it goes up again in the first quarter of 2017. And then Trump comes in and Trump reimposes those sanctions. You see in 2018, GDP goes down 4%. You see, in 2019, GDP goes down 10%. And you could just see the Iranian oil output. Iranian oil output was always averaging between 2.5 and 4 million barrels of production a day. That number, by by the time Trump was in his second year of office, drops down to its lowest in over a decade, about 2 million barrels per day. And because of that, we saw inflation go through the roof. In Iran. Now you talk about, okay, these are statistics, these are numbers, but what was this doing? This was putting significant pressure on the Ayatollah. And they were questioning whether or not their policies toward Israel, toward America, was actually the right thing for Iran. And so when Biden gets into office and all of a sudden, America stops becoming energy independent because that also is a large part of this, right? Once America is energy independent, we are not reliant on others' oils. The world is not reliant on Iran's oil. And especially now with what's going on in Ukraine, the sanctions on Russia, there are less exports of Russian oil. So Iran's oil output has surged again over the last 18 months because of the war in Ukraine and Russian sanctions and because America is not energy independent again. This is a direct disaster with his foreign policy and his domestic policy of not to drill here in the United States of America and has direct effects in the homeland, around the world, and certainly in Israel. Well I want to go to line one. Jimmy from Brooklyn said he listened to a spokesperson from Hamas in Brooklyn a few years ago. Jimmy, what did you learn?
2: Roughly about seven years ago. I have papers somewhere, but I have so much stuff I wouldn't be able to find okay. it. Uh, take a long time. There was a group called the Brecht Forum. This is a hardline communist group. They okay. teach courses on Marx. Antonio Gramsci, Lenin, and they do a lot of organization. Now Breck Forum changed their name to the Brooklyn Commons. Okay. So they're at 388 Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. So, so what did you learn? A guy, what what was he was,
0: what was he speaking here? This uh, spokesperson of Hamas.
2: Well, he's unofficially a spokesperson for Hamas. So he's a person who promotes and defends Hamas. Okay. He, he doesn't openly promote violence, but if you're supporting Hamas they showed films of uh there's a young girl a 12-year-old girl a, a cute looking look, like a little american girl she's a hardline palestinian they showed films of her in the face of uh israeli soldiers so this group here is is extremely extremely important
0: i, I assume this- jimmy i assume that they did not actually show this girl who was probably used as a shield for these hamas terrorists and militants i'm sure well, i assume you know, they didn't show that right
2: no they wouldn't use yeah. her as a shield because she's more important uh, politically for propaganda so this
0: this particular girl you're talking about
2: up to brutal israeli soldiers that's how they portrayed it right now the same group i'm talking about they have a list here. i have it in front of me of tapes they're, they're selling they have a tape they're selling against your father right so this group it's a communist group uh, this r- radical Muslim terrorism is part of the National Liberation movements. Mm-hmm. Remember, mm-hmm. in Vietnam, the communists were the National Liberation Front. Whenever you hear the word liberation, whether it's gay liberation, women liberation, black liberation, that's part of the communist movement. So this is the Soviet hand in the Muslim glove. Getting to Iran. Interesting. Iran, you may that's listen, that's listen, interesting. I should, okay, go ahead. Just about the time. I don't know Vietnam if I agree born. with
0: all that, but I, I, I see what you're talking about there. They certainly have used that. They've used that word. Go, go ahead. One more. Go, you got another 30 seconds, Jimmy. Go ahead.
2: Uh, This is very important. Iran was the bulwark against Soviet expansionism in that part of the world. The Shah of Iran was like a king. The country was free, relatively free, moderate, no anti-Semitism. No, It's a great country, American ally. They got toppled by massive protests against the Shah. The protest, according to the Soviet press, was the Communist Party of Iran. Then the Communists claimed they lost control to the fascist mullahs. But ever since then, the fascist mullahs have been armed and networked with the Soviet Union. So this is ma- – the, the yeah. guy that – the mentor and advisor to Osama bin Laden was Eamon al Zarahiri Ahiri. was trained by the Soviets. Right. Mahmoud Abbas, the guy who's the leader of the Palestinians now, is trained by the Soviets. There's a massive, massive – it's a connection between the world communist movement, Arab liberation.
0: Hey, I, I have – hey, look, I have absolutely no doubt that they hate our way of life. They hate – Israel's way of life. They hate the fact that we're a democratic republic, and uh, that was a very educational call there, Jimmy, and, and fascinating to hear your direct experience actually hearing from that. Let's go to Al in line two, talking about Bibi Netanyahu. Hi, Al.
3: Yeah. Hi, Andrew. Good afternoon. You know, I just wanted to say, Andrew, uh, right now the situation with the prime minister in Israel and his cabinet—it's a very delicate situation, as you know—the mm-hmm. uh, internal struggles they've had recently over the summer. Uh, they dropped their guard uh, with security uh, externally, and unfortunately, Hamas was able to build up. So the problem now as we go forward, uh, I'm also like you. I don't feel that we should ever uh, exchange, you know, uh, make concessions with terrorists. Right. But we also don't want to see people's loved ones being uh, executed or beheaded in barbaric uh fashion like we saw with ISIS.
0: Of course not. So just, some, look, just like like we just saw on Saturday with these Israelis, right? I mean, you had literally older women who were burned to the stake. You had an older woman burned to the stake. We've, we've seen reports of 40 children decapitated. So that's what Hamas has done to, you know, these Israelis.
3: Exactly. But we also have to be careful that uh, a front doesn't open up with Hezbollah. We don't want an all out war there. So I know the president and his national security team uh, has to really yeah. support Israel and do whatever they need.
0: And, and Al, I, I think you're absolutely right on this. I think if you are Netanyahu now, you need to look as much on the southern border there of, uh, you know, on the West Bank as you would have to look, I'm sorry, the Gaza Strip, as you'd have to look in the north where Hezbollah is. Because. You are vulnerable there at this point as well. So that's a good point. Um, let's go to Alex here in line five, asking if I saw these. Videos. Alex, go ahead. What do you want to say? Yeah, hey, how you doing, Mr. Julian? How are you, Alex? I
2: just want to ask, uh, everything that you're saying and what I've heard you say, mm-hmm. is. and the other guy on the radio, I heard him say that they kept decapitated children, right. raped women. Is everything – have you confirmed that and saw that on video?
0: So here's the thing. I I am trying to pull up, and it's – I hate that it's actually in my search engine, you know, these pictures, but they will not actually release these. Now, what was confirmed was the woman who was burned, they actually live-streamed that. So that was confirmed. Uh, I am still trying to actually pull up these pictures and find them, but they are not being released on the Internet but I think this was the Washington Post report, so I think it's even a left-of-center outlet that's reporting this, not just you know right-of-center groups that are trying to inflame this, from what I've seen.
2: Yeah, same here. I'm trying to find anything yeah. related to what you're saying, and I don't find anything. But, I mean, I'm not supporting Hamas. I'm not saying they don't do it, but I just haven't seen it yet. So, Well, well yeah, and that's,
0: look, you always want to confirm with your own eyes as well on this. Um, I think you just don't have to take what Hamas has said. They want to exterminate Jews. What we're looking for photos and evidence of is exactly what they've said they would do if they get the opportunity like they have, which is eliminate the Jews that are in front of them, which is what they did on Saturday, which is what they did that they would do if they had the resources to do it again. So, look, we're going to take another break and then we'll be right back with the mayor's final thoughts. It'll be Andrew's final thoughts today, but the mayor gave me an idea of what he wanted the final thoughts to be. So come on right back.
1: America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani.
0: Well, as always the mayor's final thoughts, even if they're Andrew Giuliani's final thoughts are sponsored by the Tunnel the Towers Foundation. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the Towers at T, the number two T.org. I actually just sat with, Frank Siller at David Wells's charity event uh, in Tampa on Friday night, and it was wonderful to sit with Frank. He was with uh, a woman whose husband had made the ultimate sacrifice. He was a Kissimmee police officer. He had died on the line in the line of duty in 2017, and then another woman whose husband uh, died overseas, representing our country. I believe he was uh, Navy. And and uh and they paid off the mortgages for those two people. So Tumble the Towers, as always, is incredible. So my final thoughts are, look, what do we do? And look, there's a long time of still digesting this information, this terrible, terrible terrorist attack that has happened. But the question needs to be asked, what do we do? What does Israel do in moving forward? And I think it's extremely clear to anybody that opens their eyes and opens their ears and listens to what Hamas and Hezbollah's mission, their goal is. Hamas and Hezbollah need to be eliminated. Eliminated. And we must go back to the Trump-era sanctions on Iran so they will not have the resources to give to these terrorist organizations. Because as we covered... Earlier in the show, when you go look at the GDP of Iran, guess what? When it's in the negative, they don't have the resources to be able to give to fund these terrorist organizations that want to kill, that want to eliminate Jews as they talk about it, that chant death to America when anything bad happens to the United States of America. And America must become energy independent again. That way we, that way the rest of the world is not as reliant on the Irans of the world, or by the way, on the Russias of the world, on the Venezuelas of the world, Iran has more resources because more of the world are relying on their oil during the Trump era. Then the Trump era, I should say. This is not about politics. This is about policy that strengthens America and weakens our enemies. I've heard that for every Israeli hostage executed, we should take out an Iranian oil field. I, I think so. Crush them. Crush them where their assets are. Make it clear to Iran. We know that you are sponsoring a proxy war here. We know it. You need to crush them where it hurts. And remember, for those on the radical left, that are talking about moral equivalencies and whataboutisms. Remember this about Hamas. They kill gays. Anyone who would speak up against them, there's no freedom of speech or freedom of religion to practice your sexuality or your beliefs in Gaza under Hamas. Guess what? If you're gay, stone to death. You're dead. That's it. Oh, and by the way, the leader of Hamas, he's such a coward He's not on the front lines with him. They're not on the front lines in Gaza. Guess where he is? He's in Qatar. He's living a rich, spoiled life in Qatar while the Palestinian people are oppressed by, not Israel, by Hamas in there. That's what it is. That's what is happening here. And guess what? The Palestinian people, they elected Hamas. So they elected this situation. Where they are being oppressed. Where Israelis are being executed. Remember, they're chanting death to America. They are talking about exterminating Jews. It's not me. It's not any other conservative commentator. It's coming right from Hamas, coming right from Iran. When are we going to believe it? Well, believe it, ladies and gentlemen, because they're not just talking about it now. They're actually doing it. We'll be back tomorrow.